Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Today is October 24th, Monday. I'm your host, John June, and it is a solo pod today. Uh, Greg feeling a little bit under the weather, but no worries. Got you covered either way. This is our week seven recap, recapping the week that was thus far. Obviously, we are still waiting Monday Night Football with the Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots. Um, But we do have enough of the fantasy-worthy action and news that transpired over the weekend uh, that we can discuss here with with y'all today. So, you know, hopefully you are um, either on the right side of a win um, or you are potentially waiting on some you know, some players from this Monday night game uh, to get you that win. And hopefully you got the win without any collateral damage um, because there were quite the the injuries this weekend, which we'll obviously jump into a little bit of that. Um, Yeah, you know, there's some some gut punches hurt more than others. Um, Maybe you're a fan of a particular team that, Suffered multiple gut punches, and yeah, here we are. So, um, yeah, if you know if you're listening, you're watching, however you may be consuming this content, just please make sure you like, subscribe, all of that fantastic good stuff, uh, so that you can keep getting this wonderful content here. So, without further ado, let's jump into the quarterback swags. Um, and you know, you know, we'll talk about a little bit everything as we go through, right? You know how we do. We'll break down the quarterback swags, talk about who played well, some honorable mentions, the Jags, those just the guys, um, and yeah, react to the to the the injury news as we see fit. But let's start with these quarterback swags. The number one quarterback on the week, Joe Burrow, thirty four attempt, thirty four completions on forty two attempts. 481 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, three rush attempts for 20 yards, and a rushing touchdown. So that was 39.2 fantasy points in your standard quarterback scoring. Um, what can we say, man? Joe Joey B was on one. I think at half he was like 303 touchdowns or something like that. So, um, yeah, Joe Bur- Joe Burrow was on one. He, he for sure was on one. Um, Jamar Chase, eight. Tyler Boyd, eight. Uh, T. Higgins, eight a little bit. So um, got everybody involved here, and it uh, was quite the performance here. So definitely what you wanted to see if you drafted Joe Burrow. Um, you know, definitely those you know one of those big performances that you really look forward to when you draft a guy like Joe Burrow in, in you know, those, those earlier rounds. Uh, moving on to the QB2 on the week. I knew it was going to be a good week, but I didn't think it was going to be this good. I can't even front. Like Daniel Jones, 19 of 30, 202 passing yards, one passing touchdown, had 11 rush attempts for 107 rushing yards and a touchdown there for Daniel Jones. That was 28.7, uh, 8 or 28.8 fantasy points there. This was a fantastic performance, man, by Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones, yes, he's earned the moniker again. Uh, this kid is winning football games, man. I mean, the Giants, you look around, they don't have much re- much at receiver. They don't have, um, you know, it's just him and Saquon Barkley pretty much every week. Uh, you know, I had a, a friend describe to me today, you know, who doesn't really watch football, but he, he's watched, it was the first time he watched the Giants all year, and he was like, yeah, all they do is run with their quarterback and their running back. And <laughs> that's a pretty accurate description of what the Giants did to win this football game. Uh, Daniel Jones, man, I mean, again, he's going out there with different receivers every week, and he has the Giants at 6-1. and one. Giants are going to be in a little bit of trouble, man. I mean, that draft pick is going to be good. You're not going to be able to get a quarterback. Daniel Jones 
is going to be coming back on a potentially you're going to have to pay Daniel Jones to to come back here because they declined the fifth year option. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Giants do. But I think Brian Dayball is, you know, building and establishing a great culture there with the Giants. And it's a winning culture and and one that, you know, you let's say you, you bring in a quarterback like Bryce Young or something like that, that they can uh, definitely you know, fit right in and get, get in line with that culture here. But Daniel Jones, this is his team right now, his hour and the QB two, you know, he's a guy that we're going to talk about a little bit later when we talk about the waivers, but when, when he's running like this and, you know, he was dealing with the high ankle sprain these last couple of weeks, but when he's running like this, there's not, this is, this is good for fantasy, right? We talk about it all the time, these rushing quarterbacks. And right now, Daniel Jones, you kind of get a discount on because, He's Daniel Jones. So um, let's move on to the QB3 on the week. That would be Patrick Mahomes, 25 of 34, 423 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception, 26.9 fantasy points there. I mean, this is kind of what you expect from Patty right now, right? Like when the the Chiefs are rolling, it usually has to do a lot with you know, has to do has a lot to do with one five back there in the pocket. And so uh fantastic performance by him and just ripping apart this Niners defense who I, you know, we talked about it when we were breaking down the Niners that, you know, they're, they're dealing with some injuries and they're banged up, but uh didn't seem to matter. Um Well, it didn't seem to matter because those guys were out there, the guys that were dealing with injuries and banged up. And that didn't seem to matter for Patrick Mahomes. The fact that this defense was at full strength and Patrick Mahomes has got, you know, got this Niners defense at a place where they were full strength and, you know, completed 73% of his passes over over 400 yards. That's 12 to over 12 yards per attempt and three touchdowns. That's uh, pretty good there. I'm not going to do the whole pretty, pretty good because I've never seen that show and I don't really feel like, yeah, so I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I don't really feel like I can make that joke without really having seen it. So I'm not going to do it. Let's round out these quarterback swags, though. Coming in at, you know, round out this top 12, Andy Dolan comes in as the QB4, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback five, Justin Herbert, six, Davis Mills, seven. That would be my quarterback stream of the week. So I got to hit the button real quick. Uh, Davis Mills, my quarterback stream of the week at seven. Kyler Murray comes in at quarterback eight. Greg's quarterback stream of the week. G. Coming in as a quarterback nine. Tua Tungavailoa, my start of the week, coming in as the quarterback 10. Uh, I'm not going to hit the button because a man only scored like less than 16 points. So I ain't going to take credit for that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers comes in as the quarterback 11 and then PJ Walker coming in as the quarterback 12, um, you know, performances that kind of stick out in this top 12. I mean, the Daniel Jones one, I think that's sustainable because of the legs. He's not going to run for a hundred yards every week, but definitely sustainable with the legs. Um, uh, the two or one, could have, you know, I, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see this, this game in its entirety. Uh, you know, I'll have to go back and watch it, but uh, from, from what I gather, just, you know, reading clippings and, you know, uh, reacts, general reaction is that Tua didn't play great and it could have been worse. Um, you know, apparently four interceptions were dropped. You know, this is a game that you know, I took Miami to cover. Uh, I think a lot of people expected Miami to cover. You know, there are, are some things that play right, like things that I didn't even, you know, I didn't, I didn't discuss. We didn't discuss when we broke down this game. You know, Brian Flores, the the defense senior defensive assistant uh, in Pittsburgh, is the former head coach for the Miami Dolphins. Had you know been around Tua every day for like two years, so he obviously has an an idea. You know what makes him uncomfortable, things he can do, things he can't do. So. You know, things like that happen in the NFL, game planning things happen. And, um, you know, those those types of, of of things, those are the types of things that, you know, obviously we try to stay privy to. But, you you know, you can't predict and prepare for everything. I wish I could because then I would be making all of us rich, all of us. Anyway, let's talk about, um, you know, the – I guess that's really it. There's nothing really here from a from a quarterback standpoint that 
you know, these guys really stuck out and make me feel like, you know, we should keep an eye on them. Um, you know, PJ Walker, I know he finished in the top 12. And that's great. But I would argue that had more to do with the week that we were dealing with that quarterback than the performance by him. Although them beating the Carolina Panthers or the Tampa Bay Bucks, rather, the Carolina Panthers beating the Tampa Bay Bucks, that was that probably had to kill some survivor pools. Um, I'm sure people were banking on that, that Tampa Bay to cover not even just cover the 13 and a half that it became after they traded Christian McCaffrey away, but just to even win the game. Um, and a lot had to do with Tom Brady, who finished as the quarterback 18. Uh, so again, not great. And um, like I said, I don't want to play this offense. Like I don't want to play anybody from Tampa Bay. Like, not anybody. I don't want to play Tom Brady. Like, there's no reason for me to want to play Tom Brady. He hasn't done anything well through, you know, these first few weeks. This, these, I mean, we're in week seven. I keep saying a few weeks, but these last few weeks, he hadn't done much. I granted, I get it. The, that offense is banged up. Um, but yeah, there's there was nothing really that made me excited about this matchup. And I know people were. You see them being 13 and a half point dogs, which I don't get me wrong. I thought Tampa Bay would handily win this game. Um, but I also was betting on Carolina to like just lay down and give it to him. So I guess that was my mistake there. But Tom Brady, I was not expecting to play well. So uh, not shocked. Um, I think I would be willing to trust Daniel Jones the rest of the season over Tom Brady. And it might sound like a hot take. I don't frankly care. Uh, if my quarterback has a chance to run for 100 yards, I'll take it. Um Tom Brady's not playing great. Tom Brady looks like he's looking for like a mid-game trade. Like just trade me during the game, right? Like I feel like Tom Brady was his body language was was screaming that. Like, I would rather be in Miami. Like, hey, send me to Jacksonville. You know, like hey, the Jets look pretty good. Put me on that roster. Like, I feel like Brady just doesn't want to be in Tampa Bay right now. Um, and his play is 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 not well. It's not doing well. I mean, Brady talked about seeing a lot of bad football. Probably looking at that Bucks film. Um, Geno Smith, uh, quarterback 15, you know, played great from like a football standpoint, you know, winning a football game, only had seven incompletions. Uh, so still above 70% on completion percentage, two passing touchdowns. Uh, just wasn't the, the big day that, uh, you know, I think we thought we would, we would have from Geno Smith and, you know, hear about that more in a little bit um and then you know Mariota, uh arthur smith man what are we doing and this is a conversation we could have all day with the because the every atlanta player is going to be a jag unless you play running back or remotely you know run the football like you're going to be a jack because in a game where they're losing 35 to 17 the atlanta falcons are losing to the to the joe burrow led Cincinnati Bengals, you tell me that Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons attempt 13 passes, 13 in a game in which you lost like by double digits, and it wasn't close, and you just continue to run the football? Like I had been saying like, oh, well, it's going to get better because, you know, they, you know, or like they, it's not going to change until they start losing. Right, they keep winning, so it's not going to change. They're going to keep running the football until they lose. And like this game script, I'm like, this is the perfect game script. But they don't throw the football. Like you could add, there's a lot of things that happened, transpired over the football weekend that you could add to the list of things that made my I don't want to say my blood boil because that just makes me sound like I was super angry when I wasn't really angry. I was a lot like more like sad. Yeah, that would probably be the emotion that I would I would I would talk, I would say described how I felt watching football on Sunday, specifically around four thirty Eastern time. And obviously, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jared Goff. I, I mean, were you planning him against Dallas? I hope not. Uh, I can't think. There's there's not much else. Oh, Dak Prescott. That was Greg's start of the week. 
I don't know about that one, man. I, it's tough. It looked like they went to the Cooper Cup. Um, Cooper Cup. The Cooper Rush quarterback uh, game plan, which was let's run the football because we can against Detroit because they're terrible at stopping anything, especially the run game. And combine that with the fact that Detroit couldn't really get much gun, you know, much done offensively. Dak didn't really have to, you know, to 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 you know, throw the ball down the field all that much. So uh, I think that's really it for the quarterback Jags uh, don't have much else there. So let's move on to these running back swags and the number one running back on the week. That would be our guy, Austin Eckler. My man is back. Thought he was dead. I'm sorry, Eckler. I, I, I tried to, 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 to say you were done, you know, not done, but tried to put you in the panic room. He's nervous, but Keenan Allen is still not playing. Uh, he played limited. He was he left the game. Uh, they said he could have gone back, but you know coaches are all liars. So, um, yeah, Austin Eckler balling, nine catches, nine rush attempts, thirty-one receiving yard or thirty-one rushing yards and a touchdown. But where he made his his mark felt twelve receptions on twelve targets, ninety-six receiving yards that's 36.7 ppr points gotta love the performance there by eckler who again they hit negative game script uh they lost by 14 points so the rush attempts weren't there but those targets man they 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 were there and uh eckler came through uh, and there's no you know joshua kelly was added to the injured reserve so sony michelle is really the only competition he has for these rushing yards right now or for these rush attempts right now so you know i Keep rolling Eckler out there, man. Keep letting him win you these uh these weeks. And the RP2 on the week, who I had him down as the RB1, but just eked out by Eckler. Josh Jacobs, 20 rush attempts, 143 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, added three receptions on four targets for 12 receiving yards, 36 and a half PPR points. My man was killing out there average 7.2 yards per attempt this houston defense is swiss cheese and josh jacobs with all the volume he's been getting continue to eat that up so uh josh jacobs he's he's one of the best finds in fantasy right now um you know he was a late round not a late round value but he was a guy that was a was a value at the running back position was going around that running back dead zone and nobody wanted to touch him, I, I, me included. Like, he was playing in the Hall of Fame game, Josh McDaniels, all that stuff. And, you know, here I am with egg on my face because I wish I had Josh Jacobs. I got none. So, um, fantastic performance by by him. And then the running back three on the week. Shout out to my man, Greg Kenneth Walker the third. his running back start of the week. Let's hit it. Twenty-three rush attempts, one hundred and sixty-eight rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Man, twenty-eight point eight PPR points. Kenneth Walker is a league winner. That is right, my man. Kenneth Walker, late round value. I mean, I know that he was talked about as the top waiver priority these these last couple of weeks with the Rashad Penny injury. Not available in any of my leagues, but this dude. If you had him, if you were able to scoop him up off waivers or you were just you drafted him and you were holding on to him uh, for the inevitable Rashad Penny injury, it is paying off for you in a major, major way because this guy is going to be a weekly RB1. I mean, with the volume that he's getting, uh, there's no like not just the volume. This, this is a talented football player, right? Like this guy is the runs that he's able to, to, to create, right? Like he creates yardage. This guy doesn't just, Oh, there's, there's a lane. I'm going to run through it. Like, no, this guy creates his own lanes. He's a crafty, crafty runner and he's really fun to watch. So Kenneth Walker, big ups to you. And we, we know it's going to continue big dog. So uh, let's move on to these running back swags. The rest of these running back swags and Aaron Jones, and I've been saying it. You got to be patient with this guy. Uh, the Packers—they're they're terrible right now. They need ball players. They need good football players. Aaron Jones is that 
He's already in their ball club, so they got to find ways to get him involved. And they did just that with an RB4 finish. Eno Benjamin uh, coming coming in for an RB5 finish. At the RB6, we got Raheem Mostert. At the RB7, Travis Etienne. At 8, we got Nick Chubb. 9, Gus Edwards. 10, Joe Mixon. 11, Ezekiel Elliott. And RB12, tied with uh, tied for the RB12, we have Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara. So rounding out or, you know, recapping this top 12 guys that kind of stuck out to me, um, you know, the Travis Etienne one, I mean, that backfield is officially his now, uh, James Robinson, I believe did not record a touch, uh, evidenced by the zero fantasy points that he scored in my lineup, which I reluctantly played him, but bye weeks, man, you got, got no choice sometimes. Um, but the, um, you know, Gus Edwards coming through, uh, you know, he was active, basically making, so I want to talk about a little bit, this uh, Kenyon Drake disappeared, but, um, you know, we, we did say if Gus Edwards goes, probably going to pivot away from Kenyon Drake and company. Um, and that would have been the right decision if you, especially if you could have pivoted to Gus Edwards, who I know Greg talked about, he's been talking about. Um, as somebody that we should add because he was healthy and coming back and all that stuff. So uh, definitely hope you took that advice. If not, hopefully it's not too late. Um, Joe Mixon, good to see him get in the end zone. Uh, the rush attempts were great. The vault, the, the efficiency, not so much. Uh, but again, got in the end zone, got saw three targets. So he's, you know, 17 rush attempts. So still heavily involved in this offense. Uh, just, Again, just need those touchdowns to fall, you know, on the season when you look at prior to coming into this game, when you look at running backs who have had carries inside the five and the 10 and, and how many of those that they've converted to touchdown opportunities. Joe Mixon is a leader in, in terms of how many touchdowns, you know, when you take how many expected touchdowns he should have versus how many touchdowns he actually has and you subtract the actual from the expected he actually has the highest delta in terms of what his expected touchdown should be. And that was before this game. So uh, good to see him convert there on a goal line rush attempt. Uh, rounding out, who else in this running back that had a good, you know, you know, Benjamin, we'll see, have to see what happens with James Conner uh, as the week goes on. You know, he was a guy that, you know, I've been <laughs> – Basically stashing, waiting for the you know eventual James Conner injury, and it finally has has uh, you know come come in come through for us there. Um, not good that James Conner's injured, obviously, but the fact that Eno Benjamin is is playing well because James Conner could still be injured, and you know Benjamin can play like crap. So there's that too. Uh, rounding out this top, uh, not rounding out this top twelve, but just some guys that I want to highlight. Antonio Gibson is not dead. Uh, I know Brian Robinson had 20 carries, which was good. That was fantastic. He actually did see targets this time, which was also good. Uh, but Antonio Gibson was involved, 10 carries, saw four targets, three catches, and caught a touchdown pass, a nice one in the red zone. So definitely fantastic news. Um, you know, Damian Pierce continuing to see that volume. That's great. Uh, Deontay Foreman, <laughs> uh, who – you know, tell me if you had this on your week seven bingo card, Deontay Foreman, a top 16 running back against Tampa Bay. Yeah, interesting. Chuba Hubbard, also a top 19 running back. So after not allowing, I don't, I forget what the stat was. I saw it earlier on Twitter, but after not allowing, shout out to Jeremy, by the way, after at Pope's FF, um, after not allowing, I think, a top 36 running back finish all year, they allowed two top 20 finishes in the same game uh, against the team, against the Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey. Quite interesting stuff. Uh, NFL always finds a way to humble you. Uh, Brees Hall, that is the sad news. Um, finishes the RB20 thus far on four carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. So at least... You know, if you played him, he got you some points before he left. Uh, but my man, Brees Hall, my breakout running back for the 2022 season, 
of my beloved New York Jets is out for the year with the torn ACL. And it hurt. I don't even know how I'm here functioning in front of y'all on this mic right now talking about this because it hurts my heart. I'm in a lot of pain. So, uh, yes, I'm okay. Made it. Had, you know, almost 24 hours to cope with the news now. So, you know, a little over 24 hours to cope with it. So, we'll be okay. Just pray for a speedy recovery for you, Brees. You were balling. Uh, and we'll see you next year when you come back to balling. Um, And I think that is all I want to highlight for the running backs. Uh, let's talk about some running back jags, though. Uh, we woke up on Sunday morning. We got the news. Isaiah Pacheco was going to be the starting running back over Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Didn't seem to matter, though, because Clyde still got a touchdown and finished as a top 30 running back, while Isaiah Pacheco finished as a running back 44. So not great. Um, I think all it really did is it muddied up the backfield a little bit more, where instead of seeing like 10% of the work now, Isaiah Pacheco is going to see like 30% of it which is great for Pacheco because typically when a talented player is tends to see more work, right? Like, and they make good things happen, which Pacheco did average 5.4 yards per carry on those 40, on those eight rushing rush attempts. But what it does is it tends to allow that player to, to get more work. And so Isaiah Pacheco's already done that. He's basically got a promotion. Um, you know, and it came with some more touches, and hopefully he can produce well and show that he deserves an, another promotion, you know, to say the least. Uh, Christian McCaffrey came in as the RB31. I mean, there was no way around this. You had to play him. I'm sorry. Like, I don't feel bad telling people to play Christian McCaffrey. Like, you know, uh, you, you couldn't play. Were you, like, were you honestly going to play Deontay Foreman over him? Chuba Hubbard against Tampa Bay? Were you really going to do that? Probably not. So uh, can't I like I don't like I'm sorry unless you had I don't know and like you weren't going to start Antonio Gibson you weren't going to start I mean unless you had like Damian Pierce or Derrick Henry or one of these guys like Daria Gumbawale Tyler Algier like. Brian Robinson, maybe you would say Brian Robinson over Christian McCaffrey, but all of these guys, and I'm listing only guys that finished ahead of Christian McCaffrey, by the way. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, sorry, not sorry. You have Christian McCaffrey. It'll be great. Like, he'll do great next week. And I'm, and I'm sure that, you know, we, we will forget that this week against Kansas City happened because McCaffrey is going to do good things, I feel, in San Fran. Um, Melvin Gordon, I mean – were you really going there, though? I don't know. There's a lot of things going on in Denver, things I don't think I want a part of. Uh, Jamal Williams, that was disappointing. Didn't get the touchdown, lost a fumble. Uh, so, you know, just not fantastic performance by him. Leonard Fournette, uh, again, terrible performance by this entire offense. They, you know, and once Carolina was got to a point where, you know, they were, they were you know, up and this game was becoming more and more out of reach. Leonard Fournette became basically invisible. Um, and I think that's really it. AJ Dillon. Uh, I think we got to wonder if AJ Dillon is a snip snip candidate. I mean, if he wasn't Aaron Jones's backup, like, we would probably have – I mean, he, we wouldn't even be looking at him as a flex right now. We, How do I say this? We came into the year – I know I came into the year thinking A.J. Dillon had standalone value, RB2, would have spike weeks, and has this built-in upside where if anything happens to Aaron Jones, this guy can be a bona fide RB1. And this entire Packers offense has stunk. We haven't seen – the the touchdown opportunities haven't really been there. They haven't really had positive game scripts where they, where they can get up on teams and run the football. So what does that really make AJ Dillon right now? He's a insurance policy only. 
And that's really what he is. So I think going forward, that's how we have to look at him. You know, I don't think he's a flex option. I don't think he's anything more than just an insurance back. So uh, until the, the Packers show us differently. Um, and I think that's really it. That is really it. So let's move on to the wide receiver swags. And this week was interesting. The number one wide receiver on the week, that would be Jamar Chase. Eight catches on 11 targets, 130 receiving yards, two touchdown receptions. Good for 33 PPR points. This is the Jamar Chase that you drafted, right? When you drafted him, this is what you were expecting. Back-to-back 30-point weeks, and we're getting it now. Um, you know, somebody had said like, oh, can I buy Jamar Chase? Oh, I don't know. It might be, you know, they're asking us last week before this game. I don't know. I think we're past that, right? This is the game, the 30-point game that we got last week against New Orleans. That was the game that people were waiting for. It is too late. You, the window's closed. Just remember next time you see a talented player like this going off or who goes off and then the next year, I don't know, maybe they don't go off after a few games. Maybe you might want to buy in. I don't know. Just saying. Um, I know it's always nerve-wracking, right? You gotta you gotta buy a player who's underperforming, but we're betting on the math, the law of averages, right? The Clyde, Clyde Edwards Lair, right? Like people were saying we were saying sell, 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 sell. People are like, oh, but I don't want to sell. He's getting all these points, you know, like, but it's not sustainable. Jamar Chase, the way that man is built, that's sustainable. Uh, let's talk about Tyler Boyd. His teammate finishes as the wide receiver two, eight catches on nine targets, 155 receiving yards and a touchdown, 29 and a half PPR points. My man, Tyler Boyd was killing. Not much you could say about that there. I mean, Joey B was, again, he was on one. So all his receivers got to eat, uh, including Tyler Boyd, who tends to be the forgotten man. I think he was close to a second touchdown, too, if I'm not mistaken. But tends to be the forgotten man in this offense. And um, not this week he wasn't. Or maybe he was forgotten by Atlanta. Maybe that part. Let's move on to the wide receiver three on the week. And if you hear that, that is all my best ball teams feeling real nice this week. After Miko Hardman goes four for four, 32 yards, a touchdown. Adds two rush attempts for 28 yards and two rushing touchdowns, 28 PPR points. All I thought about when I saw this stat line is, well, damn, Patrick Mahomes' stat line could have been that much better because these two rushing touchdowns to Miko Hardman, what are we doing? Just kidding. Uh, Miko, great great performance by you. Um, This is a flash in the pan. This is probably one of those performances that we'll never see again for Miko Hardman. and thanks, Nicole. And if you played him in DFS or something, or you had a touchdown prop for Miko Hardman, three touchdown scorer, I mean, it must have been a ridiculous odds for you to take it. But I've seen people do ridiculous stuff these days in the in the in the, the world of online sports betting. So, Miko Hardman, shout out to you, brother. The wide receiver four on the week. Let's round out these these top four wide or these top twelve wide receivers, though. Juju Smith Schuster. Comes in at wide receiver four. Paris Campbell, five. Marquise Goodwin, six. Mike Williams, seven. DeAndre Hopkins, eight. DJ Moore, nine. Mike Evans, 10. Terry McLaurin, 11. And George Pickens, the wide receiver, 12. And I'm going to take my round of applause for DJ Moore. Not my wide receiver start of the week by any means. I'm not that bold, but I sat here. I was trying to convince Greg, like, yo, I think this is the week we got to play DJ Moore. And especially the day after the CMC trade, I said it again. I said, hey, look, I made a compelling argument for why we got to play DJ Moore this week. And all I'm saying is I hope you listened because my man had 19.6 PPR points, probably more points than he scored all season. That's not true, but I I hope it's not true (laughs) for DJ Moore's sake. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, this is kind of what I was anticipating. No Christian McCaffrey, no Robbie Anderson. These targets have to go somewhere, and I think they're going DJ Moore's way. Um, Not sure what the target share was uh, this past week, but, again, those targets have to be be funneled to DJ Moore going forward. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we spoke about him. 
you know, fantastic performance. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, finally coming through, right? Finally coming through, being that wide receiver one that Kansas City has been looking for uh, in, you know, the absence of Tyreek Hill. And this is back-to-back 100-yard games and a touchdown for Juju Smith-Schuster. So he's turning it on. I think that, yeah, I mean, if he's out there on your in your league, if he's available, I think this is a guy that you should prioritize because he seems to be getting consistent work within the offense, and he's getting these passes down the field, and they're putting him in position in places to create some yards after catch. If you know which, that's where, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster excels. So, you know, definitely, you know, keep an eye on him as we pr- progress forward through this this fantasy season. Uh, Paris Campbell, I don't know. It'd be a little bit easier to convince me if the Colts didn't bench Matt Ryan, and that is a fact that they benched him. Um, I know they reported that there was some injury. There was injury um, concern there with a shoulder, a separated shoulder there for Matt Ryan, but it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, seems like Frank Reich said that that move would have came anyway. So the, the Colts moving to Sam Ellinger, I don't think Paris Campbell is somebody that I can prioritize ahead of this waiver period on Tuesday. So mm, Mike Williams, great week for him, but he suffered an injury. So that was obviously terrible news, uh, but apparently could have been worse. I didn't see it. I don't want to see it. I look when it gets to injury, like, and I played football, played in high school, I played college, one double A, not big time football or anything like Northeastern in Boston. We, we don't even have a football team anymore, but either way, played college football. I've seen injuries, I've gotten injured, nothing crazy ridiculous for me, but I can't watch people tear an ACL or break an ankle or. Like, I can't watch people do stuff like that. Maybe it's like some ACL tears, but some of the bad ones, I'm like, nah, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. Don't want to see it. Have nothing. Nope. Nope. Like the Trey Lance one, still haven't seen it. People talk about, oh, his ankle went the other way. Nope. Haven't seen it. Don't want to see it. Have no desire to see it. Like, why would I want to subject myself to that? People talk about the Mike Williams one, that that was one that also could have been bad or should like looked like he broke his ankle um, and it's coming back with a high ankle sprain. So that's great news for Mike Williams there. Um, George Pickens, shout out to you. Um, you know, didn't out-target Deontay, but outperformed him. Uh, you know, so if you took the shot on him, you know, good for you. Christian Kirk making a move back to relevancy, so I like that. And Jerry Judy, uh, you know, producing with, with Brett Rippin out there. So... Uh, yeah, I have no idea what to do with that information, right? Like, do I look at that Packer? Do I look at the Broncos offense and be like, oh, it's better with Russell Wilson? Like, I'm not going to say that. But it didn't look worse. And I'm going to stop right there. Uh, did, nothing else really stuck out. Uh, you know, Alave, we've been talking about him for for weeks now. Um, you know, he had another good game on Thursday Night Football. Um, but let's talk about these Jags. Guys let you down. I know my wide receiver start of the week, that was C.D. Lamb, was not great. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about what happened with Dak there and, uh, you know, just wasn't a, a fantastic performance there for, for all involved. Um, D.K. Metcalf, he left with a knee injury, so that wasn't great there. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, he left with, con- with a concussion. Not actually in concussion protocol, doesn't seem to have a concussion, uh, but because of the new rules that were implemented with the Tua injury, uh, the Tua concussion, you know, he was not allowed back in that game. Uh, Tyler Lockett, you know, he was okay, he was banged up coming into that game. Uh, Greg started the week, Alan Lazard was on his way to having a good day, seven targets, six catches, 55 receiving yards, but left that game with a shoulder injury. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., not a great day. Deontay Johnson, we talked about him, not great. Debo Samuel, that was another one that wasn't great. Brandon Cooks, the matchup was good, but he was not so much. Nico Collins, who I, I talked about, looked like he was on off to a good day, uh, but he left with, with a groin injury. So, um, 
Yeah, Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was Michael Gallup's stat line. Two targets, zero catches. So, um, yeah, not great there. Drake London, I mean, you could tie him in with the whole spiel about Arthur Smith not wanting to win football games and drafting a wide receiver in the top eight so that he can throw the ball to him one time when they're down um, to 18 points. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, Keenan Allen, I mean, I couldn't trust Keenan Allen. And he played in the 4, 4 p.m. window. There was no way I was putting Keenan Allen in my lineup. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I, I mean, I said maybe we could play him, but I didn't really want to play him. Nine targets, three catches, 23 yards, um, covered in sauce. Uh, mm, yeah, I think that's pretty much it of guys that disappoint. Oh, Amari Cooper. Another one, um, it actually saved his day with a long grab at the end. Could have actually saved it even more with a touchdown, a potential game-winning touchdown, but they called him for an offensive pass interference, so it was a push-off. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much rounds out the wide receivers. Oh, Tyreek Hill, I thought that day was going to be bigger, man. 13 targets, 72 receiving yards. I thought that day was going to be much, much bigger there for Tyreek. But... Let's move on to these tight end swags. On National Tight End Day, a holiday that I'm pretty sure George Kittle made up, but we don't care. We'll celebrate it nonetheless. Um, National Tight End Day, shout out. And, of course, who is the number one scoring tight end on the week? I mean, the week's not over yet, guys, but Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, they're nipping at George Kittle's heels here. Uh the number one tight end of the week, six catches, nine targets, 98 receiving yards, and a touchdown, 21.8 PPR points there. Uh, and I should have known that George Kittle was going to ball because, again, it's the holiday that I'm – again, I'm pretty sure he made up. I'm pretty sure he was mic'd up one day and said, hey, did you know today is National Tight End Day? And that was – they just took it and ran. And so now, every day, this is National Tight End Day. I, Someone could fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that is the origin of National Tight End Day. So, uh, yeah, shout out George Kittle. Appreciate you balling. Gotta love it. Um, the tight end two on the week, that would have been my stream of the week, and I'm going to get my own play. Jawan Johnson, man, five catches, five targets, 32 receiving yards, and two touchdowns, uh, 20.2 PPR points. Greg says that he should be the touchdowns, touchdowns or nah, tight end of the week. I disagree. My man still had five catches. <laughs> but if you want to talk about a touchdowns or nah, tight end of the year, Jawan Johnson might be on that list because my man has made a career of catching touchdowns. Like his whole career stat line is a touchdown or nah uh, type tight end performance. I mean, I'll quickly pull this up. But Jawan Johnson on 36 receptions has six touchdown receptions. So a third, third, did I say that right? A fourth. Of his, not even a fourth. Wow, John can't do math today. <laughs> a sixth of his receptions, <laughs> and you guys come to me for fantasy advice, right? Um, a sixth of his receptions <laughs> are for uh, a touchdown. So um, I don't even know how that would actually. I'd have to look at how that rates, but either way, like his, I'm pretty sure we'll go back at his game logs. Like his touchdowns to reception ratio is. It's kind of crazy. And that's actually kind of crazy because he's only scored two touchdowns this year. Um, But 30, okay, yeah, see, no, 19 of his receptions, of his 36 career receptions came this year. So only two touchdowns come this year on 19 receptions versus the previous, I think he's been in the league for two years. Yeah, versus the previous two years where he's got like, 17 receptions for five touchdowns or four touchdowns. So, yeah, uh, my man is basically a touchdown or nah tight end. That's basically how the Saints feel, right? Like, 
John, you feel like scoring a touchdown this week? And they're like, yeah. He's like, yeah, coach, I could do it. And they're like, all right, we'll put you in there. And then my man scores a touchdown. So, so what Jawan Johnson does, um, you know, is this a flash in the pan? I don't, I don't want to call it a flash in the pan because it means like this won't happen again or can't happen again, which I think it could. What it really comes down to is I think this was the perfect storm where the matchup was great against Arizona. Adam Troutman wasn't playing, so there were more tight end snaps available. Uh, and then the game script put them in a manner in which they had to throw the football, um, which means less Taysom Hill, more Juwan Johnson. And then on top of that, there's no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry. So those targets are going to go somewhere. They were finding their way to Alave. They were finding their way to Kamara. And eventually they got to find their way to Juwan Johnson. So shout out to him for getting it done. The tight end three on the week, also in the same game as George Kittle. That would be Travis Kelsey. Six catches on eight targets, 98 receiving yards, 15.8 PPR points. Uh, almost didn't finish as the tight end three there. Uh, so, you know, shout out to, to Travis Kelsey, though, continuing to get it done for you. Uh, has, again, continued to be the most consistent tight end option that there is. And before we round out this top 12, you know what time it is. Got to do the touch, the touchdown or not, tight end of the week. And this one was close. It was really close. Came down to two players, uh, the tight end 11 and the tight end 12. But ultimately, there was only one decision that had to be made, and it was Taysom Hill. It had to be Taysom Hill. Because, and I'll, I'll shout out Tommy Tremble on this one because he was close. You know, and his uh, one catch for a 29-yard touchdown. So he literally was living touchdown or not. But the difference about this one is, and again, the criteria is, and Taysom Hill fits the criteria to a T. It's least amount of catches, the highest scoring tight end with the least amount of catches, and the least amount of yards which basically means you had to finish in the top 12. The only reason you could have finished there was a touchdown. So, uh, and that was Taysom Hill, essentially, right? One catch, three yards, and a touchdown. The only difference is Taysom Hill, when you were putting him in your lineup, if you put him in your lineup, which people did, I'm sure, right? Like, you didn't have Dallas Goddard, you know, because he was on by or, or whatever the situation was. You probably went to Taysom Hill because you're like, how bad could it get? You were putting him in your lineup. You were banking for that rushing touchdown, right? So three carries, nine yards. Didn't get it done that way. This time, though, my man got it done with the reception, and that's why Taysom Hill is your touchdown or not tight end on the week. That and the fact that he was probably in your lineup, so it means a little bit more. But we're just round out this top 12 here. Pat Fryermuth, Craig's tight end started the week. Coming in at the tight end four, David Njoku coming in at five, Gerald Everett six, Greg Dulcich seven, Hayden Hurst eight, Evan Ingram nine, Cade Otten ten, and then Taysom Hill coming in at 11 with Tommy Tremble coming in at 12. Uh, Greg Dulcich, get this man on your roster. We talked about him. Uh, my man was involved. He saw nine targets. Uh, the matchup obviously was good, which we talked about, but yeah, this is you know definitely... I think he's here to stay. Uh, Gerald Everett, again, matchup was good. David Njoku, been balling, absolutely balling. Uh, unfortunately, had to leave the game with a high ankle sprain. Man, seven catches on seven targets for 71 receiving yards. Straight balling. Uh, Pat Fryer moved Greg's tightest start of the week. Nine targets, eight catches, 75 receiving yards. Another baller there. So tight ends, man, they were balling this week. Um, but some of them. Some of them were not balling, and uh, that list starts with Kyle Pitts. It it starts with Kyle Pitts. It really does. He was my tight end start of the week. Matchup was great. He's my he's a my guy for me this year. Um, you know, again, this is. I know Greg gets on here and he talks about generational talent. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm I'm still going to talk about it, but at the end of the day. Like Drake London is a great receiver. He's one of the highest receivers, you know, one of the highest grades that my wide receiver model has given out to a wide receiver in these past few years. It means nothing if that team is throwing up football 13 times. And so with Kittle, with Kittle, with Pitts, 
the, all the upside is gone. There is no upside. The team's not throwing the football. So I say you can snip snip because you because continuing to put him out there with the hope that he catches that 50-yard touchdown or the hope that he, you know, catches like, you know, finishes with 80 receiving yards or the hope that Arthur Smith is going to get his head out of his you-know-what and throw the football when you're down, like, because that's teams. It's usually what teams do when they trail. They throw the ball 65% of the time, like, it's math. But Arthur Smith just decides, no, we're going to keep running the football. Just going to keep – we're going to run what we run, which is run. Right. So, you know, they when you, when, you know, I don't know if you play Madden, but you play Madden, you, you know, you, you, hey, Madden, give me a play. And it's like all dive right, dive left, like Neil. That's, that's all the options that he has. Cause QB, uh, a pass, a forward pass, not in his playbook. And so, again, we tie ourselves to good offenses. We want to tie ourselves to good situations. And at the tight end position, like there's got to be more incentive for me to be to, for me to want to play a guy. So that's, that's where I, that's where I'm at with that. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson, I mean, sure. I would still go by Dalton Schultz if I could, uh, Robert Tunyon, eh. uh, Mike Kosecki, hopefully you didn't go there. Daniel Bellinger, that one hurt. My man fractured his eye socket, had to go to the hospital. Um, so he was out for the game. Uh, not fantastic news there. And I think that is it. Um, all right, let's talk about some of these injuries. So we talked about Brees Hall, ACL. He's out for the year with the meniscus as well. So. Uh, we'll see you in September, hopefully, Brees. Um, offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Tucker for the New York Jets. He's expected to miss the rest of the season with a torn tricep. Wide receiver for the New York Jets, Corey Davis, is likely week-to-week with an MCL sprain. Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver, Mike Williams, likely to miss some time with a high ankle sprain. Left uh, Los Angeles cornerback, J.C. Jackson, left Sunday's game with, with a dislocated kneecap. Wide receiver Nico Collins left Sunday's game with a groin for the Houston Texans. Seattle wide receiver DK Metcalf left Sunday's game with a knee injury. Seems like he has a patella issue. Could have been more serious, but apparently um, it's not as serious as as some thought initially. Cleveland tight end David Njoku left Sunday's game with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Quote was, he will be okay, but we know that that's probably a week-to-week thing. No, multiple week injury. Uh, offensive tackle Evan Neal for the New York Giants. He left Sunday's game with a knee injury. It was later confirmed that he has an MCL sprain and will likely miss three to four weeks. And the New York Giants tight end Daniel Bellinger, who we, we just spoke about, left Sunday's game with a fractured eye socket. Um, so I don't know how long that's how long of an injury that's that is and how long he'll be out for, but you know, that's definitely a blow there as well. So um Let's talk about waivers and obviously a little bit different than what you're used to because you're used to me going to Greg and saying, Greg, who are we picking up? But instead, you get me and, you know, all my thoughts and probably won't be as organized as we do with Greg. So forgive me for that, but um, because I'm just going to brain vomit right now really quick. Um, Greg did send me some some notes for waivers, so don't worry. You're going to get Greg's takes. you know, who Greg was target, but, you know, also again, gonna just, um, you know, brain vomit there. Uh, but Daniel Jones, in terms of a waiver wire pickup, you know, I think he's got to be at the top of the list at the quarterback position. Um, you know, with, again, we have, a, you know, a situation where there are some teams on by, uh, I don't have them all in front of me right now, but, Uh, You know, Daniel Jones is a guy that I'm sure, you know, has some value, you know, adds some value in in fantasy leagues, again, because of what he's able to do with his legs. Uh, Another another team that kind of interests me a little bit is 
the what what are the Saints going to do because their quarterback has a matchup against Las Vegas, which is really nice. Uh, so whoever starts there, Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, I think can can definitely help you, um, you know, help you in your matchups this week. Uh, and then I think that is all I'm willing to stick my neck out there for in terms of quarterback right now. Um, also, Tua. If Tua is available, I, I think I would go after Tua as well. I forget who they play this week, but you know he's going to get better as you know he gets obviously uh, acclimated back into the offense. But you know he should pick up in no time. Um, at running back, we have Gus Edwards, who's forty three percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, so obviously, um, you know if he's available, you know somebody that you might want to take take a look at. Uh, and then we have down Chuba Hubbard, uh, who's available 36% of Yahoo leagues. He didn't give me the foreman, um, who's 50% rostered. So um, probably gave us Hubbard because, you know, he's, you know, foreman's more rostered. But Hubbard obviously uh, was announced the starter. Uh, both these guys were involved. So um, I think it's it's definitely a committee. And, you know, either one of these guys is, is you know, basically where you would want to go. Um, if you could get both of them, sure. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is that kind of overreaction to what they did last week? Maybe. Um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, he's another one. If he's available, I would take a shot there as well. Uh, Michael Carter uh, with the Brees Hall injury, if he's injured, uh, you know, he's obviously injured. But Michael Carter should see the bulk of that work. But Ty Johnson's also another name. We saw him get, you know, basically immediately involved in this offense once uh, Brees Hall went down. And, you know, Michael Carter's a talented back. You guys know how I feel about him. But he's not a guy that's going to be able to carry the workload for the whole year. So, you know, to me, I think that I would have my eye out on Ty Johnson because I think it's going to become a committee at some point. Or not at some point. I think it will become a committee. Um, whereas, you know, the Hall Carter committee was more like Hall was getting like 60, you know, maybe close to 70 and Carter was getting the rest of it where I think with Carter Johnson, it's probably more like 50, 50 or 55, 45. So I would, I would scoop up Ty Johnson as well. Um, that's all we have at running back at wide receiver, Wondell Robinson, 29% rostered. Um, sorry, I just got some news. Uh, Devo Samuel's day to day with a hamstring, and you know what I say about day to day really means week to week. And so, yeah, um, but then they have Christian McCaffrey, I guess, right? Um, but Wondell Robinson, you know, had a solid week. It looked like he was going to be off to an even bigger day in PPR leagues, but had a solid week. Um, he is. 29% rostered, so somebody that I would prioritize, especially especially in PPR leagues, mainly PPR leagues. Um, Rondell Moore is another one. He got dropped in a lot of leagues uh, after his performance, and people are going to drop him, but you know, I would I would look to him as well. Um, Robbie Anderson is going to be a week more acclimated in that offense. I think we see Rondell Moore go back to his more natural position in the slot, which should allow him to, to soak up some of those targets that um, you know, we're so used to that spot in that offense getting, right? We saw Christian Kirk do it. We saw Greg Dorch do it. And now I think Rondell Moore is going to have that opportunity as well. Um, you know, Paris Campbell, he put down at wide receiver, 5% rostered. We kind of talked about that one. Sam Ellinger, I, I kind of need to see that offense another week uh, before I make a move like that. Um, and then at tight end, it's uh, really just, Two names uh, Greg has down. Greg Dulcich is the first one, uh, 12% rostered. And then, uh, you know, we've obviously spoken about him, uh, the rookie. He's done well through two weeks. So, again, that's the name that I would I would target. And then Juwan Johnson, um, he has down here 3% rostered. I think that one for me is going to tie into what happens with the tight end situation. If Adam Trotman's out for an extended period of time, then, you know, I'm all in on Juwan Johnson. But if Troutman comes back, uh, then it might be tough. Uh, Fryermuth is available in some leagues. I know he was dropped in one of my one of my main leagues. Um, 
you know, so keep an eye out for him as well. Uh, Dalton Schultz, that's another one I keep saying. Uh, you know, he had a, a top 12 week, five targets, 49 receiving yards. Um, thought he was going to get injured again and walk off with an injury, but, you know, he he definitely has some upside. As well as Cade Otten, you know, Greg's talked about him. We've talked about him um, with Cam Bray out. Cade Otten, you know, gets this opportunity here. So he's a guy that I would definitely um, look to target. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all we got. That's all she wrote. So everyone, we appreciate y'all. But apparently, I could still talk even if I'm by myself. So, with that being said, y'all, appreciate you. Appreciate you tapping in. Hopefully, again, hopefully, you weren't, um, you didn't, you didn't catch any strays this past week. So, uh, yeah. With that being said, y'all, have a good one. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And we'll see y'all on Wednesday when we break down Thursday Night Football. We have a decent one this week, too. Baltimore Ravens taking on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it might actually be a good game here. We'll talk to y'all later. Have a good one. We're out of here.